I'm Maureen Atura, and you're listening to the Positive Fantastic Podcast. My guest today is an internationally acclaimed self-help author and educator. Mayor Schneider developed his school for self-healing in San Francisco, where he has been helping people to heal themselves from a wide range of difficult conditions. I first encountered Mayor Schneider's writing several years ago when I was looking for more information about how to heal my eyesight naturally. I came upon his book, Vision for Life, at my local library and was astonished to read his true life story about how he had been born with cataracts in his eyes and suffered several surgeries as a baby which further impaired his vision until he was declared legally blind in Israel. Mayer spent many years of his life focused on the utmost priority of attaining better vision. And not only did his efforts pay off because Mayer now has a California driver's license, that's right, he can see well enough to drive. But his perseverance in his own healing also resulted in his lifelong goal to support others in their own healing. Thus, the founding of his school for self-healing and several books written on the subject of healing. When I was 12 years old, I suddenly lost my eyesight. I remember the moment that I was sitting in the back row of my sixth grade class when the teacher called on me to read the board, and suddenly I couldn't see. I moved toward the front of the room until finally things popped into view, and I was a bit in shock that seemingly overnight my vision had disappeared. I didn't know that it was possible to heal my vision, and so since then I have worn eyeglasses to see into the distance. But at some point in my own journey, I encountered some resources about healing my eyes, and it opened up a whole new world for me. What if I didn't have to wear glasses? What if I could still heal my eyes? I have spent the majority of my life not knowing that this was a possibility, but once I heard that there were options, I started to research any methods that I could get my hands on. And while I was working my way through nutrition advice, Tibetan yogic eye exercises, and other techniques from the interwebs, I came upon Mare's story. Here was someone who had overcome amazing adversity with focused attention and hard work. I started doing some eye exercises, and I found an optometrist who was sympathetic to my desires, which was honestly the hardest part. He agreed to lower my prescription to the lowest level that would legally allow me to drive. And so now I have lowered my prescription for my glasses four times. My eyes are probably better than they were when they first changed in middle school. I have not committed myself fully to a path of self-healing with the gusto that Mare embraced his own journey to vision many years ago, but I have become very inspired by his story, and meeting him, I feel a renewed sense of conviction that not only can I heal, but if I put my attention to my goal, I will heal my eyes in time. I hope that hearing this interview with Mare Schneider will inspire you in your own healing journey to find ways to align yourself with your own path of becoming aware of what is possible for you. Thank you for guiding me lovingly to my destiny. Thank you for teaching me to trust in the mystery, to trust in the mystery. I am here to serve you. Just let me know what you want me to do. I am here to serve you. Show me the way. Thank you lovingly to my destiny thank you for teaching me to trust in the mystery to trust in the mystery remind me to let go i know you got the details covered remind me to let go i know you show me the way thank you for guiding me 
lovingly to my destiny. Thank you for teaching me to trust in the mystery, to trust in the mystery. When I'm in a hurry, thinking I need to be somewhere else, slow me down and help me be right here, right now. Thank you for guiding me lovingly to my destiny. Thank you for teaching me to trust in the mystery, to trust in the mystery, to trust in the mystery, to trust in the mystery. I'm in San Francisco today near Ocean Beach to interview Mayor Schneider about his amazing life journey. He has a school for self-healing. He has workshops and private sessions available. He's also released a number of books over the years in several different languages. And we're going to talk today about how he healed his own life and the way that he now is supporting other people and healing theirs. So welcome to the show. So nice to be interviewed by you, Maury. Thank you. I'd love to hear more about your own journey. I know that uh, when I read your books that you started life basically blind and that you had various surgeries when you were a baby that did not help. And so you've had this amazing turnabout where you spent years really focused on your own healing. And now you actually have a California driver's license and you're able, you drove here today, this morning to talk with me. So you've had a really huge transformation. And I think that that's one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. And I've been excited that I finally get to meet you and hear more about it firsthand. Could you share about that? Well, you know, I was born with cataracts. Uh-huh. Uh, cataracts is opacity of the lens. Now, you hardly find anyone in their 70s or 80s without cataracts these days. Mm. Although those exist, I must say, it's not true to say that if you're 70, you must have cataract. Mm-hmm. But Many people in that age have cataract, and uh, it's unusual to have an infant with cataract. Mm. Only one out of 20,000 infants are ever born with cataracts. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I had deaf parents, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Until these days, uh, the deaf community remembers that I was the blind son of Ida and Abraham. Mm. And so uh, I was born with cataracts, and these days the medical profession does things a bit more successfully. Mm -hmm. My two kids were also born with cataracts. Mm -hmm. But their surgeries were done on time. Let me explain to you what time means. In the first eight weeks of one's life, Mm -hmm. one normally does not look at anything. The first hour they do because... You just got out of the womb and everything is so different out of the womb. But then for um, eight weeks, uh, you know, infants are more developing their stomach and they uh, more developing their hearing and other senses and the sucking capacity. And they're not paying attention to vision until the age of eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Then 
every infant sees extremely well mm -hmm. from two to three feet. Mm -hmm. uh, they see the parents, especially the mother's face. And um, uh, that's the time that almost every adult instinctively stimulates their vision. They make noise, they talk to them in different ways, and the smile of an infant is something that cannot be captured in any way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so beautiful. And uh, slowly but surely, the infant develops more vision. They crawl, they develop a certain vision. Before that, when they lift their head, they develop a certain vision. Mm -hmm. And when finally they start to walk at the age of two and a half and three, the vision is better than 2020. It's 2015. And if you live in the jungle, or if you live as a bush person, or a native in the Amazon, or better in the desert, your vision gets better than 2015, which is better than 2020. Mm. It becomes twice as good. Mm. To the extent that if you, with 2020 vision, go to the jungle, they'll tell you that the fruit matured in the top of a tall uh, tree, that with 2020 vision you couldn't see. Mm -hmm. So they don't only see the fruit, they see if it's matured. Right? Uh -huh. Nuance, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so uh, what happens to uh, modern people, what happens to most people is that they develop that vision. In modern time, we lose much of it because mm -hmm. of the way that we use the eyes. Mm -hmm. I did not have all that time. There was a working theory in my generation that you wait until the age of four and that never worked. And so because it never worked, they operated parts of my lenses and the rest became scar tissue. Mm. And the result is that um, I wasn't able to do much more than read Braille. Mm -hmm. Now, today my vision is not normal. It's about 70% of normal vision. Mm -hmm. But with that, I read, write, and drive. And it used to be 1% without correction. Uh, with very thick glasses, it was 4%. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and I've really uh, improved my vision tremendously. And until these days, I still work on it. And I've been doing this for 51 years. Mm -hmm. So um, I worked on myself. It's like I wanted to get out of the handicap that I belong to, mm -hmm. which means my parents were deaf. And being blind did not appetize me very much. Now, what else happened is <clears throat> uh, one of my two teachers were, was what I consider then to be an old lady. Not anymore, because she's younger than what I am these days. But she was 64. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, um, uh, there was another kid who was 60 and a half. And those were my two teachers. And of course... Mm -hmm. My whole family was against it mm. because I went to the biggest professors of medicine uh, in Poland on our way to Israel mm. and in Israel. And the feeling that my uh, 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 parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts felt that I'm wasting my time and I'll be disappointed. Well, I'm far from being disappointed. I'm one of the leading teachers, if not the leading teacher, of uh, natural vision improvement in the world. I do training in my work. <clears throat> and I must say, even those who didn't take my training course, 
always mentioned that they took a workshop with me mm. because uh, my name became very, very big. I just remember that um, there was a course online and there were 10 teachers of natural vision improvement and there were 500 people in the course and everybody asked me questions of what to do with the vision. Mm. So obviously in that specific field, I built myself a name and the reason is the results that I got and the results that other people got uh, and I can tell you that almost anyone who wears glasses could actually find a way not to wear glasses mm. working with me. And I think it's more important that one thinks because eyes can degenerate throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, glasses uh, are a little bit harmful because you really focus with their focal point. Mm. So there isn't much movement from side to side and the light falls on parts of the retina and not on the whole retina, and it affects our peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. Contacts don't have that problem, but the problem with contacts is that the eye should reject them mm -hmm. because they're foreign object. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the way you don't reject them is by compromising the immune system. Mm. Um, and um, uh, we also cannot have enough oxygen in the eyes as a result of wearing our contacts. Right, right. Okay? Yeah. And um, then uh, uh, LASIK is true uh, aberration for the eyes. It's, sorry to call it butchery. Yeah. Uh, because what happens is uh, there is harmony between the cornea, the aqueous humor, the lens, the vitreous humor, and the retina. When light ray comes in, it breaks to all of them. Now you shave the cornea. You basically made glasses out of your cornea. And 98%, even a little bit more than 98%, is very successful. And so many people do it. Yeah. But <clears throat> the result is that there are many people with astigmatism. The 2% are not successful, sometimes are tragedies. Mm they can sometimes become blind. You can't actually measure if somebody has a high uh, pressure in the eye as easily because the cornea became thin. Whether it is thin or thick, it's not being measured as good, okay? Mm -hmm. But that's a, a side problem. The main problem is, is that there is um, a lack of harmony, so it leads to uh, poor light perception, and many, many problems. Mm. I think the solution is that slow solution of doing natural vision work. Mm -hmm. It helped me in spite of the fact that 99% of my lens is scar tissue, and it helped many thousands of people I worked with, and I'm getting constantly blessings for the books that I wrote, and uh, the results that those book, uh, book work led to, those are very practical books, Vision for Life, Movement for Self-Healing, and especially Awakening Your Power of Self-Healing. Uh, and so I'm so happy that I was given the chance to share what happened with me to other people. But I just mm -hmm. want to tell you, uh, there is no free lunch. So one thing, okay, I put glasses. It's the same as walking with braces. Mm. 
you walk with braces, that's fine. And then sometimes, by the way, I bless the fact that there are braces and crutches because if somebody's in the wheelchair and I get them out of the wheelchair, I'm happy to have the braces and the crutches. They can't right. just all of a sudden walk. Right. But on the other end, if uh, somebody gets a cane too quick or, uh, or uh, um, gets crutches too quick, then they don't allow their body to become stronger. Mm -hmm. And that is a very, very big problem. We have to allow the body to become stronger. Right, that is the problem with glasses and things, is that they are a crutch. If you're, if you're really in the devotion to having the full healing, then they can be a tool on the way. Right. Not the end solution. Absolutely. When someone comes to you and to your school for a workshop or a private session, what is it that happens that you do in order to support them in their healing? Well, let's divide between private sessions and workshops. Okay. Uh, so for private sessions, people come to me for many different reasons. I have people who came to me with body problems like multiple sclerosis. Mm. And then we have to find a way to help them uh, mobilize the central nervous system better. Mm -hmm. And we do it with body work, and we do it, of course, with movement. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find that in multiple sclerosis, the secondary symptoms are worse than the disease itself. Mm. Let's say that somebody lost uh, mobility in her pinky or in her little toe. Let's start with little toe. And so then everything else became tight because that little toe didn't work. Mm -hmm. And that tension can put that lady in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. If I reduce the tension, I look like a miracle uh, maker because all of a sudden she can walk, right? And it may take me 10 sessions to get rid of the tension in the body and two more years to try and mobilize the little toe mm -hmm. or, the, or the little finger, you know? Right, right. So that's uh, one example. Mm -hmm. Muscular dystrophy is a whole different story. The muscles are dying. There's six different kinds of muscular dystrophy we work with. And we have a special massage that drains the, uh, the, uh, all the toxins from the, from the muscles. Because what happens is the pump of the muscles to get rid of the toxins is uh, defective. And therefore, the muscles die simply because they keep working on getting rid of them. They also are missing some proteins that they need to have. Mm. Uh, I believe that a combination of good, having good medical uh, invention and our work would be good, but physiotherapy is not good enough for muscular dystrophy. Mm. We teach them to not strain because when you strain, you lose your muscles. Mm. And uh, it's a very bad thing for them because they overstrain and often they do lose their muscles, so mm -hmm. I teach them not to do it. Mm -hmm. But we can always gain muscle work as long as some of the muscle cells remain. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of my work with muscular dystrophy. If somebody comes to me with back pain, I work on all kinds of back pain, I teach them how to use muscles they never used before. We have more than 600 muscles, and most of us use about 75 to 100 of them. We basically use so few of the movements we have 
And so the result is that some of the muscles we have contract very much and lead to tight connective tissue, less space between the bones, mm. and eventually the body becomes hard, the back becomes not as mobile, and the result is pain. Mm. So we teach them the opposite, to use more muscles, to relax the areas which are too tight, and to create better integration between the muscles that work and one that don't, and of course, to lead to a new brain connection that leads to that integration. Mm -hmm. And so when I work with people, body work comes first. Now people come to me with different vision problems. And the one thing that is common to all vision problems, we also do body work. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes to me, I would take her to the ocean and have her look at the waves. I would teach her exercises, and but I also would massage her. I would massage the eyes, I would massage uh, the back, I would loosen up the neck, I would give her a deep relaxation, and then we can work on it. And it's different from person to person, you know? Right. Yeah. People, for example, I had a lady who came to me at the age of 92, and it was true for uh, and last week, uh -huh. okay? Uh, and uh, she lost a lot of vision. But the first thing I've learned is she's not oriented visually. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to work with her actually on peripheral vision because there was no orientation where to look. Mm -hmm. Then I learned that she's not using one of her eyes almost at all. Mm -hmm. And I taught her to use the eye. Then I've learned that she strains to see colors that she can't see because she lost some of her colors. Mm -hmm. And I encouraged her to only look at things that she can see so she will not be discouraged looking at things that she cannot see. So I'm giving you an example how different it is from person to person. Right. Um, and I had a person who was a pharmacist who came to me and uh, he saw everything eight times. He had macular degeneration mm. and the doctors did with him a very bad procedure, which is a laser treatment where they basically hurt his macula. So it's like every picture was broken. Mm. And so I worked with him. I've learned that he was very hunchback, so I've done exercise to straighten his back. He worked on himself two to three hours a day. And one of the things that I've learned is that as a pharmacist, he did not uh, look enough at the distance. He looked at um, medicine bottles and at prescriptions. Mm. So he spent a lot of time looking at the distance. So when he came to me, his vision was 5% uncorrectable with glasses because of the split that he would see everywhere. Mm. Within three months, his vision was 40% without glasses, correctable to 2025, 95% of 2020. And I'll never yeah. forget, that was the best case I ever had with macular degeneration. So basically, it is very individually tailored. Yes. What I do with with uh, workshops is slightly different. I cannot work on each person individually, mm -hmm. as I have 20 people in a class, you know. Right. Uh, in, in Tel Aviv, now I had 44, you know. Mm -hmm. I cannot do that. Yes. But what I do is, uh, first of all, I talk about the principles of natural vision improvement and the principle of working in the body. And if anybody reads in my books, the principles of deep relaxation, uh, learning, to adapt to all lights, night light, and uh, I envy you for being 
in the country and being able to be in the stars, mm -hmm. good for you. Yeah, I, I thank you. Do it for both of us, right? Yes. And uh, I think modern people live with too much light. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And uh, it is proven that if you have light in the corridor, uh, as a child, you can develop high myopia, which is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. It can lead to glaucoma, it can lead to macular degeneration, mm -hmm. and many other problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I, I'm talking about adapting to the sun. Sunglasses are very bad for you. I mean, yeah, put sunglasses if you drive to a sunset or to a sunrise and the, uh, and the visor is not enough and your hat is not enough. Try to do everything not to wear them, but then if it's too much, wear them. Mm -hmm. However, however, uh, you need to absorb the sun. The medical profession really made a big mistake telling people to be away from the sun. Mm. It leads to tremendous amount of cataracts and macular degeneration. Mm. And they say it leads to cataracts. It leads to macular degeneration. Wrong. Okay. Now, the third thing is um, <clears throat> having better peripheral vision. People these days look at the phone and forget there's periphery. Mm. That leads to glaucoma mm. and pressure of the eye. You don't use much of the eye. The fourth principle is looking at details. Because we used to look at details as an infant, not me. You know, I used to read well. Mm -hmm. My teacher says, hey, don't sniff your page, even if I try to see what I'm looking at, and you don't see anyway, uh, look away. Well, I had to relearn to look. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's the the fourth principle, looking at details, because we become uncurious these days mm. about anything. If you go to a supermarket, you want to get uh, the can of corn that you want to get. You don't look at anything else. But in the forest, natives love to look at everything there is, you know. Um, and then the next principle is looking at the distance. The reason why so many people have cataracts is because we don't look at the distance. And every audience at home, if you put your hand on your nose and you look at your hand, at the lines of your hand, and then you look out of the window, you'll see how, how hard it is for your lens to look at your hand because the, the lens muscles constrict a lot when you look at your hand and they relax and the lens becomes flat when you look at a distance. It becomes round when you look from near, like a magnifying lens. Mm. So resting from the computer and looking at a distance is so important. And then the next principle is um, balance use of the eyes. So many people don't have balance of the use. I'm not even talking about balance strength, balance use. Then balance use within each eye, then uh, body and eye coordination, and then uh, more blood flow to the visual system, and then to work with soft eyes. And that's true about the rest of the body. We have to work with soft body with good circulation. So in my workshops, I teach some of the principles. It's hard to teach everything. Right. But people leave seeing better, moving better. In my training, I teach all the principles, and I teach them different ways to work with themselves. And the result is that people leave seeing better, feeling better, learning how to work on others, and eventually starting new practice.
Mayor, what inspired you to do this work? So, you know, I was son of deaf parents. Uh, my sister was more normal. Uh, I uh, had a very difficult childhood. Uh, lots of isolation, lots of problems at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I met a kid who have shown me eye exercises, I spent 13 to 16 hours a day working on my eyes. Wow. Vision didn't come to me easy or free. Mm-hmm. And when I'm thinking about myself with a lens that is so broken as if you stepped on glass and to that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, how I raised my ability to see not the bottom of the chart, but the middle of the chart. And maybe it was a little bit more strained than you see the bottom, but still, I can see the middle of the chart. I can drive. I never drove cross-country, but I did drive as far as Fresno. I did drive as, several times as far as Grass Valley. For me, long drive is even Sacramento, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, What's for you is a regular drive for me is long. Mm-hmm. But easily I drive in the city and easily I drive to adjacent cities in the freeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what got me to do it after people said that I should never walk without a cane or a dog, uh, several times mm-hmm. I would cross the road in a red light, would not see the red light. And uh, I had a bunch of accidents uh, when I was trying to ride bicycles, uh, I would fall into ditches. Mm. Well, when I was thinking about what happened to me, I was thinking that the world deserves better therapy because I have a blind certificate for good from the state of Israel. I was given up on completely. Mm. And I was thinking that people deserve to know that their potential is huge and if they determine to move forwards, and normally you don't determine to move forwards if you're comfortable where you are. Mm-hmm. Normally you will determine to move forwards if you have pain about where you are. Right. So uh, people, when people determine to move forwards, I would like to be facilitator and give them the tools. And in my workshops, people's lives are changing. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my workshop, in my training courses, people uh, learn to change their life and other people's life. Mm -hmm. And in, uh, just know that my training course is like 10 hours a day, yeah? Uh, So I'm going to do one in August and maybe one in October. Mm -hmm. Uh, It still is tentative, so people should call us and write to us and find out. Um, It goes by enrollment. So hopefully this will bring another enrollee or two, you know? in my uh, workshops, it's more general, but people leave knowing much more than they did before. Mm-hmm. Today's PSA is about the offerings that you have here at the School of Healing. And so in addition to teaching workshops and trainings, and as you mentioned, there's some coming up this summer and fall, and the potentials of more workshops and trainings are probably coming forth as the pandemic starts to close two more but you also have some Zoom offerings and things of that nature. And you have a library of books that you've written. Could you talk about some of the books, especially your your newest book that you've come out with? The newest book, which is uh, Awakening Your Power of Self-Healing, has 26 chapters, 
all of them are practical chapters. And uh, the first eight talk about what you do on yourself. So we're talking about, first of all, breathing and how to breathe deeper, which means to breathe slower. And we have wonderful exercise for that. Then on circulation, how to increase your circulation. Then on uh, the back, on the joints, on the nervous system, on massage, and on your muscles, how to build up the muscles correctly, and on vision. But then we talk about what you do with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a headache, we give you all kinds of references to previous parts of the book and give you new exercises for your headaches. If you have arthritis, very nice way to work on your arthritis. It's as if I am with you in your living room, in your pool, and suggest for you to work in the water or, or, or even in your bathtub to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful chapter on Parkinson's, wonderful chapter on muscular dystrophy. So that book really is me trying to imagine your situation and helping you to work with it. I can never do it fully unless I meet you, but I can give you the principles with which you work on yourself. For example, if you were in bed for three months, mm-hmm. I really recommend you get out slowly. Mm-hmm. If you go fast, you may injure your muscles. Mm-hmm. But if you go slow uh, day by day, it's good. Like a nice lady who was a client of mine gave me a call. She learned that actually one of her valves in her heart um, was uh, lead, uh, was uh, defi- defi- uh, deficient. Mm-hmm. It, there wasn't enough valve there. Mm-hmm. So they gave her a peak valve. Mm-hmm. And so she was upset that uh, the ejection of the heart is so little because it was 10, now it's 22. Well, I said to her, it's good. It has to slowly become bigger. Mm-hmm. So I go with people over their issues and that book, brought as much as I could bring to help people to work on themselves. The first eight chapter, which is the thickest part of the book, is working on us to prevent problems. And the main thing I want to hint here is finding things we normally don't do. For example, how many people can move their toes independently? Right. Uh, some people can feed themselves. Yeah, <laughs> some people can feed themselves with their toes. Yeah. But I teach people to move their toes independently. Mm-hmm. And I really believe you cannot loosen up the neck without it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is if your toes are weak, your ankle will end up being stiff. Mm-hmm. Your knees will end up being stiff. Your hip joints will be stiff. Right. Your back Everything will be stiff. Everything up from there will exactly. be impacted. And if you don't move your hand the whole way, which happens to all of us because we don't have enough extension. We have too much flexion. Mm. You see, uh, you, you are a body worker yourself. Well, most massage therapists give up massage within four to five years. Why? Because they never learn the extension of their hands. They never learn the independence of the hands. So we teach muscle isolation. And so we we'll teach to activate many, many more muscles. Otherwise, we compensate mm. with very tight muscles. Mm. So that's awakening your power of self-healing. Mm-hmm. The first book I wrote, uh, which is uh, now called Movement for Self-Healing, but the first one was Self-Healing, My Life and Vision. Mm-hmm. And I hope one of these days to return to that name, but uh, I think it's a good one. Movement is also good. Uh, when I wrote Self-Healing, My Life and Vision, I felt like uh, 
my skin is being take, uh, taken away from my chest. Mm. You know, I felt that um, that I am bringing myself out. And my credentials is mainly my success. Right. And, um, and so I felt that... Um, and also the success of my clients, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic success. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I felt like I'm revealing what happened. And it's almost, you know, in the past, people used to sit in secrets. These days, if somebody invented a method, he wants people to pay him to know what he invented. Well, I don't. You just pay me for my time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, and so it's important for me that everything that I know would be known to others. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened in the first book. It was 800 pages that were to cut down to 200 pages. Mm -hmm. And it was a best-selling book. It was published by a, a company called Routledge and Keegan Paul in England, mm -hmm. and then bought by Penguin, mm -hmm. and uh, helped in, in its own from 1987 to 2000. And the 205 uh, New World Library printed uh, the Movement for Self-Healing based on that book. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud of it. Now, Vision for Life is a best-selling book right now. And uh, it, they basically printed 17,000 in English, but it's in 15 different languages. Wow. Yeah, that's the book that I came to know you through. Right. Well, because this is the more known book this, min this minute. Right now, yeah. And um, uh, it, it does talk about the principles of natural vision improvement. Mm -hmm. It does... I give you suggestions of how to overcome nearsightedness, farsightedness, mm -hmm. cataracts. Uh, and it also uh, talks specifically about your case. You know, it tries to do that. And I'm very proud because in 200 pages, I was able to do all that. It took me four years to put it together. Um, now, we have online classes. So you can... Uh, download classes on introductory to vision improvement, how to overcome nearsightedness, farsightedness, uh, and astigmatism. This is just uh, a recent uh, uh, video that we did. Mm -hmm. And um, the uh, video Yoga for Your Eyes is only available for us in its uh, physical form, although you can still download it from uh, from uh, Sounds True. But I want to tell you that it was for a while the ninth best-selling uh, video for Sounds True. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a while, they sold a thousand a month. That, you know, for about eight A lot months. of people want to heal their eyes, yeah. 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 Uh, and and it got some publicity. It's kind of hard to get the publicity you need for something like this. I mm. almost sometimes feel that I'm sitting in my setting and teach. But yet, I teach all over the world. Mm. I taught this year in Paris and in Barcelona and in Tel Aviv. Mm. In Tel Aviv, we got a very big number of people. Mm -hmm. And so I really can't wait to teach many more people in this state, in this country, especially since we have such a beautiful place to get people, work with them and teach them.
Thank you so much, Mir, for being on the podcast. It's really inspiring to hear about how you've healed yourself and how you're here to support other people. So I just am really grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing and that you're bringing it out into the world. It's absolutely good news, and I feel excited to share it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really believe that uh, we need transformation in the field of physiotherapy, that it should include exercises also for the eyes. I feel that we need new physiotherapy that uh, will include the brain, that we will work with the eyes and the brain. It's interesting that um, brain plasticity is becoming more and more uh, um, a word that people are talking about. Mm -hmm. And people who should never talk about it, talk about it, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, I think that it's important to be practical, do exercise which are practical and can help uh, quite a bit uh, the brain plasticity. And so first of all, I'm very grateful to the fact that you came and interviewed me. It's uplifting to be interviewed by you. And the second thing that is very important for me is uh, the fact that I have another channel with which I can explain the world how much touch can be healing touch, mm. how much uh, the eyes can actually improve, mm -hmm. hearing can also improve, by the way, how much the back can get better. And so the word of optimism, real measured optimism, doesn't exist enough in the world. Mm. That's why I think socially and individually, people often try to control others, nation, control other nations. Mm -hmm. And uh, many things could be way better if we would expand within ourselves. So there is a real good spiritual component to the physical work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm grateful that we're having this podcasting adventure together. Thank you, Maury. It's fantastic. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Positive Fantastic Podcast. I am Maureen Atura, and you can reach me by checking out my website, www.maureenatura.com. You can read about upcoming author events or sign up for my email list to stay up to date with the content that I create. If you go to www.maureenatura.com slash thepositivefantastic, you can link directly to any of the podcast episodes that have already been published and see short summaries describing each episode. I'm on social media, and you can follow me on Facebook on my page, Maureen Atura Author, and you can follow me on Instagram at Author Maureen Atura. Check out my channel at youtube.com slash Maureen Atura to see a video of Mare Schneider leading a palming eye exercise. To reach Mare Schneider, you can reach out directly to his School for Self-Healing by calling 415-665-9574. You can contact him by email at officemanager at self-healing.org. You can go to his website, self-healing.org. You can go to www.facebook.com slash selfhealing, www.youtube.com slash c slash school for self-healing San Francisco. You can follow them on twitter.com slash sf selfhealing. And you can also follow them on instagram.com slash school for self-healing. Mayor also wanted it to be known that he is going to be teaching a workshop about healing 
in August of 2022. And so you have an opportunity to work directly with him. Special appreciation to Copper Woman for her song, Thank You for Guiding Me, at the beginning of this episode. For more about Copper's music, you can visit www.copperwoman.com. This episode of The Positive Fantastic has been brought to you on the new moon, and I hope you'll join us on the next full moon for more adventures on how humans can thrive. Cheers, and may all your healing journeys be fantastic. Fantastic.